It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. It's true. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. The show is made possible by fantastic people, and I'm not just saying that because they're patrons of the program, but it does help. They're fantastic people. They became patrons of the show. Folks like Timbo and Richard, Bill, Bob, Robin, Andy, John, Billy, Brent, and Lou. Thank you very much for supporting the show. I could not do it without you guys. Uh, they became patrons. You can as well. Just go to thepetecallendershow.com, and uh, you just sign up there. At the top, there's a, a link, and you'll get exclusive content. You will get some swag as well uh, mailed to you, and uh, then you get, of course, you know, to display the bumper sticker uh, on your vehicle and tell everybody, basically, that you're better than they are. Okay, so North Carolina... <laughs> I'm just, just kidding. North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper keeps asking local governments to enact civil penalties and go enforce them in order to force greater compliance with his executive orders that have shut down you know, vast swaths of our economy. Up next, we're going to meet one local county commissioner who says he will not be assisting in those efforts. First, I'd like to... Uh, Tell you about General Equipment Rental, one of the sponsors of the program. Today's show is presented by General Equipment Rental. They are located in Weaverville, and uh, they're at the intersection of Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road. They are family-owned and operated, have been for three generations. This is where you need to go if you need tools and equipment for a particular job that um, you you don't want to buy the tool or piece of equipment just for this one job. Like, for example, you need some scaffolding. Okay, maybe you want to do some uh, pressure washing. Maybe you want to do some tile cutting. Maybe you want to move a bunch of uh, earth around on the property and uh, improve the drainage situation on the, the back 20. You know, whatever the size of the project is, you need the right tool for the job. And general equipment rental has those tools and you rent the tool from them. They can tell you how to use the tool correctly. And uh, then the job gets done faster and correctly and then uh, you return the tool and that's fantastic because you don't have to buy the thing I mean do you really need an earth mover for the you know for years and years after just using it for one project you don't want that because then if you own the earth mover then you're going to have everybody coming over to you and like can I borrow the earth mover and then oh hey would you mind you know bringing it over to my place because I don't have any kind of trailer like you don't even have to worry about this just general equipment rental they take care of all of that for you Go to GeneralRents.com. They are, by the way, your official licensed Husqvarna and Honda outdoor power equipment sales and service provider. And while supplies last, they're offering 10% off the Husqvarna auto mower. It's like a Roomba for your lawn. It just rides all around, cuts the grass all the time, and then it docks itself. It charges. You can watch it on your smartphone. And if anybody tries to steal the thing, it shuts down, and the GPS locator will tell you exactly where the thieves are. It's fantastic. Go to GeneralRents.com, General Equipment Rental in Weaverville, and think outside your toolbox. Joining me now is Stanley County Commissioner Tommy Jordan. And uh, welcome to the show, Commissioner Jordan. How are you? I'm good, Pete. Thank you for having me. Certainly. So you wrote this letter to Governor Cooper about uh, his request for you as a county commissioner, right, to assist him in 
enforcing lockdown restrictions. So uh, first, I got to ask, like, what prompted you to sit down and write out your thoughts? And did you think it was going to be as long as it ended up being? (laughs) Well, I'm not known for being short winded, that's for sure. (laughs) Um, That's never been a problem I suffered from. Um, We received a a letter, not just me, I'm sure all city leaders, city council leaders, sheriff's departments, police departments, county commissioners all all across the state received this request from the governor's office twice, once about two weeks ago and another time about five days later. And both times, you know, I thought to myself, well, (laughs) I should take a minute to write back. And in a non-related conversation I was having with one of the governor's aides, I mentioned the letter and Long story short, how I thought that coming from my side, he probably wouldn't appreciate the feedback because it wasn't going to be what he wanted to hear. And the gentleman I was speaking to said, Tommy, you know, you've been communicative throughout this process. I know we don't always agree, but you've been, you know, helpful or you can and you've been respectful. If you've got something to share, if you write it, I promise I'll put it on on his desk and be sure he reads it. And Mm -hmm. I said, well, if you can guarantee it's going to get read, I guess I'll take the time to write it. So I did. Okay. Uh, and I thought it was important. You started off um, your this letter by recognizing the difficult position that the governor is in. I think you say that you you couldn't be paid enough to do the job that he's doing right now because he's kind of in a no win situation. So you recognize that. And I, I, I do as well. And I think it's you know, he, he didn't ask to be put in charge of a pandemic when he ran for governor, although he did this time, I guess, when he ran for reelection. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but initially, like, you know, nobody ever thinks something like this is going to happen. So I thought that was important. And um, you say that from the viewpoint of the public, though, it appears as if he is making decisions that are black and white issues only, but you don't think that that's the case. So explain what what you mean by that. Well, I, I know it's not the case, and I know he knows that too. But his press releases don't don't convey it. And you know, it, it, I, I get a I get irritated when a president does this too. Like if you have something important to say, I don't care if it takes three hours. Go out there and say it the way you mean to say it. And you know, if black and white seem to be a good good analogy, it's on one side, it's either you know, everyone has to wear a mask. Oh, 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 my God, we're all going to die. And the other side is you've got to let us run our businesses and no, n- none of our freedom should ever be impinged. No matter what, you can't make us do anything for the common good because we're Americans. Wave the flag, blah, blah, blah. There is a lot of gray between there. There's a lot of people that want to do good, but have have businesses that it's not like they get up and go to work every day and simply just to do their job and come home. A lot of these businesses are business owners or business managers. And when you shut down their business, not only do you cut off their income, you cut off the income of every single employee and family that depends on them. And you can't do that to an economy. The not with, not without at least trying to be sure that you're addressing their problem or trying to show that you, you care at least, or find some way to work with them, just mandating 50% closures or, you know, that you, you can open at 20% of capacity. It's simply, you, you're, you're quite honestly killing them. They're starving to death. They don't have money. I mean, anybody that's run a business knows it takes years to build one up. I mean, mine's been going for 15 years now and I'm, I have enough in the bank that if I had to shut down tomorrow, I could survive six months, but I'm small, mm. you know, I, I, I have a small business. So there's a lot of us in there that, that, that fall between, um, wear masks and don't impinge our, our privileges. There's a lot of gray area there that, that 
that should be addressed, and it's not. I, I thought it was powerful that you explained how, like, you're you're relatively unaffected by a lot of the the pandemic restrictions. That this stuff hasn't crippled you; it hasn't bankrupted you. You you are I, I, I hate even to use the term, but in this day and age, but privileged in that sense, right? Like you have this; you're in a good spot. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm this year has been different for me and my, for, for, for my business. Yes, it has not been, you know, I felt a slowdown mm-hmm. and that's okay because my business was growing pretty good prior. So I had the funds to sit on. And when I had a slow September, it wasn't a big deal. When I had a slow October, it wasn't a big deal, but mine didn't die. Mine just a little bit slowed down. And you know, that could even be blamed on just the economy in, in general. There are good years and bad years, but Overall, no, I, I've really not been affected. I've worked in six or seven d- different states because that's where my job takes me sometimes. I've worked all across this state, I mean, coast to coast. And we just keep, I mean, I'm thankfully allowed to keep working. Yeah. Right out of the gate, you mentioned the uh, some of the numbers, which I thought was really important as well. Th- these are numbers in... Uh, like I'll take the shot at Governor Cooper. Uh, you don't have to, which and, and you don't. I don't think in this letter. I don't take it as uh, as you trying to make attacks on the governor. So let, I'll take the shot. Is that he hasn't run a business. He's not a small business owner, and so I think. And he has spent you know forty years in politics in the legislature as Attorney General, um, and so I just don't think that these types of numbers ever enter into. Uh, his assessments. I, I, that's the only thing I'm left to deduce because you spell out like the 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 cuts, the cutbacks on the capacity limits for businesses after sh- after shutting them down. No business owner has the kind of money squirreled away uh, to you know be able yeah, to withstand I mean, this know, kind of a shutdown. It's simple math, and I'll I'll, I'll I'll paraphrase for the sake of time. But let's say that you take a business and say. Uh, restaurants, you're only allowed to operate at 20% capacity for one month. Okay, that was horrible, and but they'll deal. And they're probably going to wipe out their savings, but they'll get through it. Eight months or six months or three months, it's not a – it's not a rule. It's a sledgehammer blow to their life. I mean, for that to work, you would have to assume that it's possible to operate a restaurant. It's even humanly possible to operate a restaurant at 20% for more than one month. The only way that works is if that restaurant owner has been making 500% profit on average and just pockets the other you know, 80% for a rainy day. Right. No, re- they have horrible margins. Right. It's one of the hardest industries to go into at all. So they don't have these margins. They have 10% margins, 15% margins. You know, it takes them all year or two years to get enough money to buy a new oven, <laughs> you know, or to hire a manager. Not, they don't profit 20 grand a month. And, you know, it just, you, no, no business has ever, in my knowledge, that I can even – I can't think of a single market for a small business where you have ever made 100 to 500% margins on average and just continue to pocket that that money. Nobody would do that. Right, yeah. It, it, even if you were making that kind of money, I think you made this point too, is that uh, they, they would reinvest that money in growing the business because obviously if you're clearing 500% margins – then there's a huge uh, demand for what you're providing. So you should scale that with all of the extra revenue that you're right. pulling so, in. Yeah. You, you grow your footprint and then you put yourself out there to eat even more risk. And you, you, you try to 
to balance that and to mitigate that with savings and loans and lowering interest rates. I get all that. I do it too. But, you know, yeah, you would have put the money into a new building or a larger building or more equipment or more tools or more vehicles to serve your customers. You know, it's not like you just sit on it. So the businesses that were doing great were already investing in getting bigger. And now, now they're actually hurt worse than they, they would have been hurt before. You talk in this letter about people you know in uh, and you're in Stanley County. So for folks who don't know Stanley County uh, very well, I guess I should have asked you at the beginning, uh, sort of give us an, uh, an overview. Like, where is Stanley County? Uh, what are the big cities? They're like Albemarle's the big one, right? <laughs> I tell every, every, everybody that asks, I'm a half hour east of Charlotte because nobody that's not from here knows because they all go, oh, where? It, I'm just I'm close to Charlotte. Oh, OK. Yeah. So, yes, Denley County's population, about 65,000 people right now. And we're about a half hour you know, east of Charlotte. OK. And so you've seen this uh, this impacting people, you know, businesses you frequent, uh, although not so much anymore because they've been closed down. Uh, and what I found interesting in reading through these stories, these uh, these personal stories that you're telling about individuals in your community, I realized like I've never heard the governor talk about any of these stories. He never talks about this side of the ledger, so to speak, when he's talking at his covid briefings does it does you say you're in communication with his office do do they understand these stories do they hear these stories do you relay those stories why is that not part of the the public uh display at these briefings well i mean to be clear i'm in no more communication than i'm sure a bunch of other commissioners are i mean Mm -hmm. anybody can pick up pick up the phone and call i've just called enough that i got a few of the guys on speed dial (laughs) um (laughs) they, they go hey tommy and i go hey kevin and you know we'll be chat but I don't know if he hears this from other people. I don't, I mean, I would assume that he does. And, you know, if not, then it's kind of our fault. You know, if you're trying to lay sides here, there's two sides of this argument. Well, if nobody's talking to him and letting him hear your side of the argument, how do you expect him to know? However, again, as irritated and irate as we get on my side of this argument, sometimes you have to come at the conversation with a little bit of respect or it's going to fall on deaf ears. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, so should people call his office or write him letters or tell them what's – yeah. Should he be assessing this stuff? I think yes, because that's that's part of the problem, and you nailed it. These are COVID briefings. I understand that. But right behind that, in my opinion, needs to be just the governor to the people. Here's – I know what's happening. I know what happened. I, I have heard these stories. Here's what we're trying to do. Let these people know they exist because – Right now, they're just business owners that hear more mandates or that their employees to hear more mandates coming out in the news and on Facebook. They never hear anybody at that level say, I'm so very sorry for what you're going through. And if I had a better idea, I would find a way to help you. They've never heard that, at least not that I know of. No, I've been watched. I've watched every one of his briefings. He's never said anything close to it. Uh, the closest he ever comes is something along the lines of, you know, we know it's difficult and just sort of a broad sense, um, but never, never speaking directly to business owners. Uh, yeah. And you can't say, you know, it's difficult when your power bill is still being paid and you can still afford your, your nice haircut and you can still afford to put unlimited amounts of fuel in your, your vehicles and go anywhere you want to. You don't know what it's like. Do you think it would do you think it's fair for elected officials to forego salaries while they're telling uh, citizens that they can't earn a living? That's that's one of the and honestly, that's probably a black or white question that sure. there's too much gray in the middle of, you know, uh, 
does it seem fair in the, you know, uh, one is good, one is bad sort yeah, sure. It, you know, it sounds fair. Is it going to accomplish anything helpful? No, because if you try to limit what they can do and they've still got a job to do, then you're just going to make it m more difficult. Taking his paycheck's not going to solve anything. Um, do I think it, it would be a nice show of support? Sure. Donate your, donate your, salary to the some grant fund set up to fund local businesses during the pandemic okay sure that's a boy scout idea i mean i'm you know at least that looks good but mm -hmm. no I, I don't think in this particular case it's one of those well until you make things right you guys don't get paid that's just going to make it even harder and longer for them to get their job done um uh, you know, the, 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 that's not the solution. It, it would make somebody feel better and feel like they get vindicated, but it's not going to actually solve anything. Yeah, I've seen I've seen the idea kicked around and I'm, uh, I am I see the downside. I also see the upside that you've got, you know, it, it would essentially incentivize <laughs> the governor maybe to not issue restrictions on other people if he's going to be impacted by it as well uh, like that's the i guess that's the argument but i mean you know all, all those things all, all that world he lives in is taxpayer funded he's not paying the mortgage on right. the governor's residence he, he's not paying for gas in his car and he's not going to costco or harris td to buy groceries that go on his table that's it's just not going to hurt him and there are times in government where i do think that should be a a, a rule you know if you can't pass a budget if you can't figure out how to spend our money then well, we should quit paying you yours until you do right uh, you know that's one of those things at, at the national level sure but here locally or at the state level i don't think it's gonna do anything now more with tommy jordan in a minute first this is the time it's almost over to grab a gift card from Old Grouch's Military Surplus. Good for anything in the shop, from the cold weather gear that he's got to survival kits to body armor to first aid kits. Uh, you can get them online at oldgrouch.com or go pick one up at the shop. These gift cards are really cool. They're made uh, on real military dog tags. So talk about a unique gift, right? You just you have that you have it made up, and then you give a, a dog tag to your your kid or that hard to shop for person. They can be bought in the store. You can order them over the phone. You can order them via email. But you gotta hurry. They're open. The store is open nine to six through Wednesday, Christmas Eve. They're gonna be open from nine till three, uh, and then back open on Saturday. So stop by over the holiday weekend. Bring the whole family. Old Grouch's military surplus. He's got kids camo like pants, t-shirts, jackets. Throwing us at a dog tanks pretty cool gift for the kids um he's got some of these limited edition survival outdoor kits uh these are on the website this is a christmas special featuring a high quality swedish made mora knife fire starter canteen compass and more and then he'll pack it all into an ammo can so you can throw it in the car uh or if you want to uh, have a shoulder bag, they've got repurposed Finnish Army gas mask bags, which you make your kit out of that. This is a great idea for the camper or the hiker in your life. Uh, maybe they don't have a good base of emergency supplies and emergency survival kit. You should really carry that. If you're going to go hiking around the mountains, you really need one of these kits. So go to Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They are on uh, Main Street in downtown Clyde, and the shop is open. It's across the street from the anti-aircraft gun and 24-7 at oldgrouch.com. My guest is Stanley County Commissioner Tommy Jordan, who wrote a, an open letter to Governor Cooper. It was posted up on Facebook, and we're talking about the contents of that letter. Um, you said that uh, in your uh, in this letter, 
Uh, you say closing down these businesses, and you talked about driving through town where, you know, two out of 10 businesses are closed and 50% of those closed businesses are never going to reopen. Um, and that closing them down and restricting what they can do has never before happened in the history of any of our lives. And it isn't closing a business, it's closing off life. And this is one of the things you talked about, you know, the, all the gray area in between these extreme positions. And one of the things that has been so frustrating for me from the very beginning, which was the framing of this, uh, you know, lockdown versus open. And uh, you either are, you know, for saving people's lives or you're for money. Like that was the that was the the false choice. Right. Lives versus money. And I spent I have spent nine months now telling people, no, it's a lives versus lives argument. And nobody wants to ever look at it like that. And I would put the governor in that camp. There's never any attention paid to, as you document in this piece, mental health, uh, the, 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 the declining mental health of people who have been put into destitution because of this. Well, yeah, and, and not not to even mention, and, and, and yes, that's incredibly accurate, but there's a whole other side of people, and I'll, I, I, she probably won't appreciate this, but I'll use my mom. My mother <laughs> is 73 years old and retired. Um, has your average 73-year-old health problem. She occasionally has bronchitis or, or she gets a chest infection, that kind of thing. You know, I'm 43 and health healthy. I'm glad to go out and get COVID twice. I'm going to be fine. I get it back to back. I'll have a couple days down. I'll be fine. My mother might not make it to Christmas if she gets it. And I know Christmas is four, yeah. four days away when I say that, but that's how bad it could affect her. So I remember when I, I told my mom, you have to, you know, my mom volunteers at a local uh, charity because it just give, gives her a way to spend her time. And she's, she feels like she's giving, giving back. And I'm like, great. I'm glad that you do that. Mom, stay home because there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people coming in there every day. You might as well be a cashier at Walmart. You know, if we talk to you uh, about your risk level yeah. and, I remember her telling me at some point, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd call her back and forth. She's like, yeah, I'm home. It's day 83. 83. Oh, my God. My mother has been at home in her house for 83 days. I ain't hugged my mom for four months, yeah. you know, for just normal people, too. This is mentally, emotionally, physiologically damaging. And, and, and yes, the self-worth of people that, ha- that have to go out there and these people have a hundred jobs in 10 years. <laughs> they right. don't even know how to go find a job in today's market. It's like trying to date in today's market. It's not the same as it was 10 years ago. The whole world has changed. And now we got 45 year old people that are, are resorting to going out to McDonald's to drop in an a- application in, in a market that was already oversaturated by 40 year old people who've already got the jobs of 18 year olds. I- anyway, it's, it's got to be debilitating for these people. Even for people like me my, and my wife and I are very different in this sense that like when they said, stay at home, don't leave. I was like, no problem. I'd, <laughs> I have zero problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm a, I'm Gen X and I'm totally happy being locked in my own room. <laughs> Latchkey kid, you know, generation here. I'm okay with it. Uh, my wife, on the other hand, not so much. And she's, you know, she is a people person and she needs interaction with other human beings besides just me as you know yes. as much as it pains me to say that but well yeah he, he, humans i mean you know at the end at the end of the day it's science we are animals it's biology we are not solitary creatures we're you know uh we're just not alpacas are not sol- solitary creatures 
if, if you own, own one, you have to own two, two or three. They will actually just die of being lonely. Huh. Humans are not much different in that regard. You know, we are herd animals, family animals. Oh, we're not designed anywhere, anywhere in our biological makeup to exist in, in a closed environment. We don't know how to do it. We aren't genetically or socially prepared for it. And you can't just slap that down. I mean, you can slap that down for like two weeks or a month. That's that's an inconvenience. But beyond that, you start to break the bounds of what people are in themselves able to accept and do. They, they just can't. Yeah, they used to call it cabin fever. You know, they're like yeah. actual uh, physiological uh, uh, you know ramifications for not being around other people. They People go yeah. a little bit crazy. They start... Mailing things in the mail, writing manifestos and the like. Um, they, they, they had a thing that came out a few months back. I can't remember the name of it. It was, but it was a a newly dis. I say newly discovered. I think it was disorder, and it comes from the lack of skin to skin contact. Yeah. People are, are are suffering from not having physically touched another human being in six months. Right. You know. Now I'm not the person that would be affected by that. That's not how my brain's wired. But I guess I can see where there are people that are. And, you know, it just well, we're also in a position of, and we're also in a position of, of uh, dare I say, privilege. Again, we're very blessed and lucky that we have a family. Both of us have family members that we are around. Uh, like I keep thinking of, you know, uh, single people that are you know locked away in an apartment, older folks in, in nursing homes, you know, people with dementia who we have a friend uh, who you know told us that their relative could not understand why he wasn't allowed to hug people and see people and why they were being kept apart and kept asking what he had done wrong, what, you know, right. how he had misbehaved to be punished like that. Cause he couldn't understand it. That breaks my heart. And, um, that's, that's a real cost. He eventually passed away and, and, and that's a real cost. And again, I never hear that side of the ledger ever discussed it's just right. more and more and more and we're going to get you as a county commissioner and folks who may not be aware of this as well you're also the board of health in north carolina um for the county right and um i, I i'm to be clear i i serve on the board of health because the board of health needs to have two commissioners on it so mm-hmm. i have no I'm, I'm just a voting body i have no influence or power o- over that board i just that's a board that i specifically wanted to be on because i thought i could help so yes I, i'm there you're on that board of, right and and I was shocked to learn in reading this letter that no one's ever asked you guys, either county commissioners or board of health. No one's ever asked you at that level for no, any of your I advice. Know our, I know our health director. I know some of our nurses. I know they, they're, God knows, they've been in their EOC. Right. Um, for those of you that don't know, the emergency op- operations center. So when this pandemic started and we declared a state of emergency, they left their offices. They all went to this room. It, it's usually reserved for a conference room. And these five people who are used to having their own routine, their own offices, they have been in this room for eight months. There's a running counter on the board now for how many hours. And last time I got a report, it was something like 6,750 work hours where these five people have been sh- stuck in a room shoulder to shoulder for almost an entire year now. And, you know, it, they, um, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, but so, yeah, they, and, and they're on one conference call after another conference call after another conference call, but it's more informative stuff. It's more, well, here's what we're doing. Here's this, here's that. There's a lot of information being passed around the medical community, but as a board or as a body, no, we commissioners have not been invited to be part of the participate, you know, or, or to participate in this, the, these law enforcement's not being invited 
to, to participate in these things. Sure, sheriffs probably have conference calls, but that's not – it's not the same. You're affecting 65,000 people that I'm responsible for in this county. I'd love a phone call once in a while. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not to participate in the muted version of your press conference where you talk to us, but where you actually talk with us and get our input. I haven't been invited to Raleigh to, Raleigh to have a conversation. Neither has anybody in my board. Yeah. You know, um, it's it's just dictates from on high. Well, and that right. And that gets to this this request that the governor has made of local governments uh, to enforce civilly. Uh, and I understand why, because if you enforce it criminally, the, the only thing the state can do at that level, right, if they start enforcing the uh, from the state statute level, you're going to start hanging charges on people and giving them criminal records and I don't think they want to do that, although I think there's a lot of people that are beating the drum for that. Um, and so, like you said, this is sort of the the governor's attempt to find some way to get enforcement without going that most draconian route uh, and right. says, hey, local governments, can you do some civil stuff? And uh, and then this way you can just find people a bunch of money, but it doesn't go on their criminal record. Um, but when they don't come to you ever on the front end to ask Hey, is this a good idea to find people civilly, <laughs> you know? Uh, but, but even if they did, so let's say my board got together and decided for some reason, all seven of us just went, you know what? It's a great idea. Let's draft a new resolution, call it an or- ordinance. And it is now an ordinance that we, all businesses have to be closed at nine instead of 10. And and if not, you're subject to a, uh, a class uh, A2 misdemeanor, mm-hmm. fine from one to $1,000. Boom, that's a new rule. And then I look across my dais and go, hey, sheriff, go enforce this. <laughs> Let me tell you what the sheriff would say to me. <laughs> the same thing they say to the governor. We have no ability to make law enforcement do anything. That's why they're called law enforcement. I didn't sign up for a role in law enforcement. And if I tried to put my foot in it, I would quickly be told exactly how far it does not belong there. Mm-hmm. That's not our job. All it would do is put a token piece of paper out, out there that makes us look like we're doing something. Mm-hmm. It, it, it would have no teeth. It, 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 you know, you would have to get these sheriffs on board and the chiefs of police on board and the departments on board to enforce the rules you've already written. And that's not happening. You wrote, quote, to people out there that tolerated being told they couldn't go to work for months on end and who finally decided that the need to run their business outweighs their fear of reprisals. I say soldier on. Could that be interpreted as you advocating for people to ignore the executive orders and to to violate the the rules and such i hope not because i hope we have enough people out out there that will read that in in its entirety and get the context i think i said a little later and it may have been that paragraph or Mm -hmm. or one further down where as a business owner i would expect you to 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 live in that gray area, to find the to, to, to find the best way between I have to pay my bills and pay my staff or my employees starve to death and I want to keep people safe. And the general rule is, you know, pretty common sense. Try to be sure you enforce social distancing. Ask people to wear masks. Maybe you operate in a business where you feel it's safe to mandate masks. Maybe you operate in a business where you know that's not reasonable. Okay, fine. But just – 
I'm not saying stand up and defy the governor. I'm not going to say that with the word Stanley County Commissioner behind my name. <laughs> I can't do that. Now, don't get me wrong. Tommy Jordan, the citizen, might feel that way, but Tommy Jordan, the commissioner, can't make that a platform. Mm-hmm. They're two different people. You know, I, I, I put the hat on. I take the hat, hat off. I, I'm not paid enough to live as commissioner 24 hours a day, 365 a year. Um, but, I, you know, I, I don't – you know, if the question is – do you blame a business owner, owner, owner for being open? No. Do you would you support one for being open? Yeah. I mean, if I walked in your hardware hardware store because you were open instead of closed, I'd still go buy some nuts and bolts and a hammer, a hammer, and that's fine. I'm not going to go out there and put a sign up that says, "Come in my store, mask be danged," and you don't have to wear a mask at all. No, I'm not going to do that. But if you want to open and do business, open and do business. That's mm-hmm. all I can say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You said uh, to many, it may seem like a hostile attitude, but it's not hostile. It's realistic. It's letting people decide for themselves how they can uh, how they can open safely. But also, if you walk in someplace and you don't feel safe going in there and you look around, you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm high risk. I I don't feel comfortable here. Then then you should leave and you should not go there. Just simply leave. I mean, that's like I go into Lowe's all the time. I, I work in the construction industry. I go into Lowe's. If I walk in a garden center or the, the the consumer section, I'm over there buying light bulbs or house paint, I, I've, I'm very sure to have my mask on. The last couple of days, I've, I've been doing a, a construction project. I'm over there loading up uh, two by eight, eight, eight foot yellow pine, about 35 pounds of board all day long. You think I have a mask on while do, doing that? Heck no. Neither does any, anybody else. And if you're 75, have asthma, and are at br- 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 risk, you don't belong in the lumber aisle of Lowe's in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to put it on and 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 live in fear constantly. But if I go into Food Line or Walmart, I'm darn sure putting the mask on. If I walk into Har- Harris Teeter, my mom has to shop for groceries, I, I, and so does everybody else. So if I, if I go to a grocery store, I'm putting a mask on. If I go to a restaurant, I want it off my face as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. You don't have a need to go to a restaurant. If you walk in and see six people sit, sitting at tables, no mask on, that bothers you, go somewhere else. Yeah, No problem. More with Stanley County Commissioner Tommy Jordan in a minute. First, let me tell you about actually a business that started up in Stanley County, uh, but they are uh, beyond Stanley County now with their website presence. Growers Hemp, CBD oil. This is full spectrum hemp extract. Growers Hemp. Uh, this is North Carolina-based, North Carolina farmers. They control the entire process from seed all the way to shelf, and it means better quality and lower price. I take the CBD drops before I go to bed. The other night, I forgot to take the drops, and my mind just did not shut down completely. Apparently, for, I know some folks are probably thinking, well, Pete, your mind never actually fully operates. Yes, I am aware of this criticism, <laughs> but no, it it. Sometimes it's difficult for my brain to kind of turn off when I go to bed and I woke up and I couldn't get back to sleep for about three to four hours. And so, I mean, I just went to work. I just worked a bunch, but uh, I would prefer not to do that. And so uh, I remembered last night, CBD drops didn't have any problems. So what are you looking for out of CBD products? Okay, are you looking for a deeper sleep, lower tension, a better quality of life, a balanced state of mind, positive mental outlook? Add the natural alternative, Growers Hemp, full spectrum hemp extract, and uh, not only, you know, uh, let them help you on your wellness journey, but you'll also be helping North Carolina family farmers. Um, Go to growershemp.com, use the promo code PETE, and you'll get 20% off. Growers Hemp, 
GovCo.com. And as with all CBD products, here is the official disclaimer that GovCo requires. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of these products has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and nothing I have said is meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from your healthcare provider. So consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. Uh, you can find Growers Hemp on the shelves at the Broad River Hemp Company in Shelby, the Medical Pharmacy in Locust, and the Durham Co-op. You can also find it at growershemp.com. Promo code PETE for 20% off from North Carolina farmers to your home. Growers Hemp is about the hemp and not the hype. Uh, my guest is Stanley County Commissioner Tommy Jordan. We're talking about this letter he wrote to the governor um, explaining uh, sort of, you know, your position on a great many uh, areas here. You went into masks a little bit. You talked about enforcement. Um, I want to skip to a, a portion because we're running out of time. And I, I want to be respectful of your time here. But uh, towards the, the end, you say that uh, none of us are out here openly defying the governor's office because we've all been warned quite clearly that the next time we needed DEQ funding, Department of Environmental Quality, right, um, DEQ funding for a project or needed to apply for a grant for our county or needed the state's assistance with something, we wouldn't get it if we stepped out of line. We've had it, and then you said a little bit later, we've had it explained to us that if we stand up and speak out, our counties will suffer, our schools will suffer suffer that is the well, first it, time i have heard any of that has that like is this being and that's because you're in that's because you're in the public you you aren't in the secret group with the secret handshake um <laughs> you know and i'm not saying it's that bad it's n not like we all sat down and said you know i, I, I didn't have somebody sit me down and pull up a powerpoint and say here's the way the governor's going to punish you right but it's the same thing with Law enforcement, the statute 166A-19.30, subsection 7C, that's how many times I, I, I quoted this darn thing, <laughs> tells you what he can do with law, law, law enforcement. If a sheriff fails to act, he can simply replace him with a person that has the powers of a sheriff over whatever jurisdiction he decides. That's one county, two counties, a new credit district. It doesn't matter. So if you don't enforce his rules, he can replace you. That's a North Carolina general statute. I, 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 I didn't make that up. You know, that's a law here. So and we don't have any laws that affect us the same way. But there are so many things we depend on state cooperation for school systems, grant programs. People have no idea how much of what we do is done via state grant and federal grant and that kind of stuff. And. I'll use an example of a water project. Hey, we're going to expand some sewer. We're going to get an 80% grant from the state to do that. That's going to cover $3 million. All we got to cover is the last $400,000. Well, great. Let's go ahead and do it. And then you're the county that chooses to make an, you know, an, exam, an example out of things and not follow the rules. Guess how your paperwork gets handled? Mm -hmm. it, it just gets lost. Oops, you didn't make the grant filing deadline. But we did. Or oops, you weren't Selected. There were only a certain number of funds, and we, you know, award them to A, B, and C, but not you. Plenty of ways that if you don't cooperate <clears throat> or you step out out of, out of line, it can come back to haunt you. Yeah, and that's I've been told that directly from uh, other commissioners, people that work over commissioners, people in the House and the, the state Senate. Uh, you know, I mean. There, there's so many because when I asked for examples, I said, "Well, give me an example of how that could work." And I, and please forgive me for not remembering them, but there was a ton of them, and it just, they just hit me again and again and again. I said, "I never even thought about that." You yeah. know, 
Well, and what is it? Uh, cities and counties are merely administrative units of the state. That's right. You are. I mean, they, they can rip up a city charter if they want to, if they have the votes well, in the General Assembly. Yeah. And people said, you know, I, um, I, I get a lot of emails, letters, paper messages going. Why don't you commissioners stand up and draft a letter a, a, and say that, you know, you're not going to do this. Mm-hmm. And, and and again, please keep in mind, I'm speaking just for me, not right. as my board or, or if I'm not trying to put words in anyone at else's mouth but my answer to these pe people is quite frankly because we are helping we are helping by being quiet and shutting up how many times a local newspaper do you see people being arrested for not wearing a mask none because that's the county doing something the county shut up the county is not trying to boss law enforcement around and law enforcement is not actively out there arresting people for not having a mask on mm-hmm. the county is doing the best it can and a lot of counties are doing that. They're just doing w- what they can to quietly support their businesses. Don't ask them to go fall on a sword because it's not going to help you, the voter, and it's not going to help the board of commissioners or the city council or, or whoever does it either. What about this the, at the state legislative level? Because I know I've seen people asking, "Where's the General Assembly? Where are the Republicans? Where are they?" Uh, you mentioned so, this emergency it, it, management statute, and it's like, yeah, it, it seems it's, like he's using it beyond what its intended scope was. And so, well, where's he, the legislature? He is, and, and that blows my mind about how many people simply don't understand how our state legislature works. First off, they're closed; mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't come back to work till about January nineteenth. Mm-hmm. And so, if, I mean, and so a lot of people, you know. Well, we have to uh, get them to act sooner. Well, you can do that. I called the state legislature and talked to a senator and said, just supposing we could even do this, how would it work? And the senator said, well, it's very simple. You have to have a 60 percent, you know, three, three fifths vote to have an emergency session. Right now, if every single person in the NC legislature, that's Republican, said yes, they would do this, you still have to have three Democrats cross the line to even vote and have a meeting. Right. And that's not going to happen. So instead of yelling at all the Republicans, go find me three Democrats that will cross the line and do it. And if you did do it, then you got to have that same three-fifths to pass any kind of rule. So it's not it's just not going to happen. This argument seems to be Republican versus Democrat currently. I mean, that's where those party lines tend to tend to fall along the political party lines. So Mm -hmm. I I know I'm generalizing there, but it's the truth. Yeah. So the legislature is um, handicapped or at, at least the representation that my side is looking for can't do anything. They don't have enough people to feel the team right you know <laughs> oh you know if we had four more republicans that would be different but right. we don't so, or, or the governor could call an emergency session but that's not happening <laughs> so. well, yeah i mean the ad the, the ag can do some stuff josh right. stein but yeah. he's a democrat he's right. not going to cr- cross that party line and the governor's not going to do it and and if we had won let's say november 3rd had gone differently and we had won when i say we i mean uh, we had a republican governor republican this yeah if he if he were willing to do for the Democratic side of things, what we are asking a Democratic governor to do for our side of things, we would burn his house down (laughs) with him in it. I mean, so I dislike how things turned out, but it's the reality that we have and we have the government that we have. Then we have to work within the the bounds that exist to make things better. And I don't know anything to do except write the governor and offer, Hey, I'm here. If I can help, let me help. If I drive the Raleigh, I'll drive the Raleigh. 
if you want to put together some committees to talk about things and give you real world information about the effects that your decisions are having, sure, put me on, you know, I'll chair that committee. I don't care. I'll do something if there's something to be done. But unfortunately, for the people out there that ask, commissioners right now have no power. City councils have no power, no authority to do anything. And even the legislature right now, one, they're not in session. And if they were, they still couldn't do it. Stanley County Commissioner Tommy Jordan, do you uh, you have anything else uh, that you'd like to add that you think is important or interesting to cover here that we haven't already discussed? There's a million things, but I'm sure you're going (laughs) to cut me off for time. But my big thing is that try to be a human being. It's Christmas. You know, COVID is going to get worse before it gets better. Yes, we have a vaccine. But as with all viruses, cold weather makes people a lot more susceptible. It tends to weaken the immune systems. So it's going to spread worse. And just do what you can. If you can wear a mask, wear one. If you're a person that can't, don't. I'm not going to ever, you're not going to see me on the street ever yelling at you to put a mask on. Go about your life and be as safe as you possibly can and try to look out for your fellow fellow man. That's all that we can do. Stanley County Commissioner Tommy Jordan, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. And Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thank you, Pete. Meanwhile, Governor Cooper, within the last 24 hours, announced that bars will be allowed to sell mixed drinks to go. Details in a minute. First, Buying or selling a house, there's only one name and number you need. It's Rowena Patton, that's her name, Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team, and the number is 828-333-4483. That's 333-4483. Mountainhomehunt.com is the website. She is the official and only Homes for Heroes real estate agent in the Asheville area, which means if you are... Uh, military, veteran, active duty, or retired. Uh, if you are a police officer, a firefighter, a healthcare professional, or an educator, you can keep 25% of the realtor commissions. So keep more of your own money. And again, Rowena Patton is the only Homes for Heroes real estate agent. So do what I did when Christy and I uh, looked to buy our house here in the mountains. Uh, we called Rowena Patton. You should as well. She has buyers already lined up. She has homes in all price points. She outsells 99% of the realtors in the state of North Carolina. Give her a call, 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com, and then start packing. So bars and restaurants in North Carolina can now sell margaritas, martinis, and other mixed drinks to go. This is the story in the News and Observer. Governor Roy Cooper announced a new executive order allowing cocktails to go starting, uh, well, it's already in effect. The measure, Cooper said, offers relief to the ailing restaurant industry without allowing larger gatherings. (laughs) So (laughs) when you need to have the mixed drink, but you just don't want to make it yourself, you don't want to buy the ingredients and Google the recipe. And so you'll go and uh, just pick up a bunch of mixed drinks to go, which, by the way, I've watched enough Bar Rescue to know that mixed drinks begin dying. Is what it was called. They begin dying within two minutes of preparation. Did you know that? Now, I've never been able to taste the difference in a dying <laughs> drink. <laughs> and, uh, I, and to be fair, I've not actually... Uh, been on the lookout for the different taste of a dying drink. I have a very limited palate when it comes to my liquor drinking, and I'm generally a, uh, you know, Jameson on the rocks or whiskey or bourbon on the rocks. I never mix whiskey, bourbon with any 
other mixer. It's just straight or it's on the rocks and that's it. Uh, or neat, I should say. Um, and then on the other the, uh, the other side then is uh, gin, and I'll mix that with olives for a martini, and uh, I'll mix it with tonic and lime for a gin and tonic. And that's about it. Sometimes I'll do a vodka martini, but that's about it. Okay, so that's that's my universe. So I'm not really sure when a drink starts dying, but I got to believe that when you're, you know, driving it to someone's house where they've ordered just, what, one cocktail, maybe two. I'm trying to imagine, like, who is the who is the customer here? Who is the target demographic that Governor Cooper thinks he is helping out here? I mean, I understand he thinks that the restaurant industry, or I should say the bar industry, is going to be helped by this. And I guess maybe to some degree they will be. I don't see how much, because Cooper, remember, restricted the bars when he allowed them to finally reopen in October, but they had to... Uh, they had to have outdoor space. Well, there are a lot of bars that don't have outdoor space because they're not allowed to serve the alcohol indoors, which is odd because restaurants can serve alcohol indoors and food. But if you don't have food on the menu, then you cannot serve anything indoors. You got to do it outside and um, at a minimum uh, capacity level. So I'm not. So you got uh, bars that don't have outdoor space, and so this is to help them. So you're going to be slinging. Uh, cocktails, I guess, <laughs> uh, outside the bar. How many cocktails are you buying? Now, by the way, I did read in the FAQ put out by the governor's office that um, mixed drinks shall not be larger than the permitted seller's standard size of a mixed beverage drink for on-premises consumption. Okay, The intent of this order is to allow permitted sellers to sell the same size drink sold on premises and not to expand their mixed beverage menu to sell multiple drinks in one container. Okay, so if you want a like if you want a gallon of Long Island iced tea, you're going to have to buy like 30 individual Long Island iced teas. Like that's essentially what they're saying. They're not going to allow you to uh to to bundle and save, if you will. Not allowed to happen. If you want to go a bigger size, nope, sorry. If it's not already on the menu, I guess, if it's not a standard size that you normally make, then you're not going to be allowed to sell this. I don't really understand why that's a big difference. Why that like I get the sense that the people writing these orders don't ever go to bars, never worked in bars, have very limited experience with bars in general. I like that's just that's just my thought on the matter. I don't know. Like I'm not sure who's going to be like I got to get down to the closed bar so I can get their margarita because I've never had a margarita that that's uh, that is as fantastic as that margarita was. And by the way, you know it's not going to taste the same because there's an atmosphere component to all of this stuff just like restaurants right there's an atmosphere that you're paying for as well and when you take the food and you go home with the food and you eat it off of the plastic plates with the plastic uh uh silverware or plasticware like it's it's not the same and it doesn't taste the same because there's there's an environmental there's an ambient kind of effect in all of this and I don't know, maybe I'm completely wrong on this. I just don't see the margins being big enough to justify uh, staying open and, and trying to scrape by with some people that are pulling up asking for, you know, martinis on the go. <laughs> because, like, it's been eight months. If people were that hard up for a martini, they'd have figured out how to make one by now. And uh, they're not hard. 
by the way. Martinis are not hard. I don't make difficult-to-make drinks, okay? I just don't do it. Now, here's something I do, is I tell people about Mattress Man. Because I have a bed for Mattress Man, I've got a mattress from them. Well, and the box spring as well. Um, well, because they came together. It was just way easier that way. And they're fantastic. We love them. It's like sleeping on a marshmallow. It's a king-size memory foam bed. You can score a whole bunch of mattresses at great deals. 50% off the 2920 Sleep Mattress. Uh, these are 50% off for these things. While supplies last, you can take one home today. Uh, you could save up to 60% on select floor models that are in stock and inventory. So please... Make a point. Get on down to Mattress Man. They got four locations in Asheville, Arden, and Hendersonville. They do ship nationwide, by the way, and they have a 120-day comfort guarantee. They've got the Biltmore Collection that is sold exclusively only at Mattress Man stores. These are the mattresses made by Restonic in Fayetteville, and they're uh, these are the ones that are at the Biltmore Hotel and the Inn on the grounds of the Biltmore Estate. Okay, so whatever mattress you're looking for, Okay, you can find it because they've got them all. They've got the inner spring mattresses, pillow top, natural latex, memory foam. They've got adjustable bases as well. Locally owned and operated, mattressmanstores.com. Buy local and sleep better. One other uh, component of this story that I found pretty interesting here is that Cooper's order had the support of North Carolina's Council of State, according to the governor's press release. The Council of State is, these are the 10... Uh, seats that make up uh, the executive branch, basically. You know, you got the governor, the attorney general, uh, labor commissioner, treasurer, uh, secretary of state, like all of those statewide elected positions. But and it's a 6-4 Republican majority, and they agreed with Cooper for this. But I'm curious, why did he even go to the Council of State? Why did he seek their concurrence, their consent, their approval? Because that's what the whole lawsuit was over initially that Dan Forrest, lieutenant governor, had filed was that, he never sought consent. Well, I take it back. He did seek consent. And when the Republicans said we're not going to consent to you shutting everything down, this was back in like March and April, um, he then just did it anyway. So why bother going to the Council of State if your position is that you don't need their consent to do what you want to do anyway? All right. That's a wrap for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. I do appreciate it. Remember, subscribe. It's free. And leave a positive review. I appreciate that. We'll talk with you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone.